Welcome to the Backend Engineering Show with your host, Hussein Nasser. This is the show where we discuss the art and the craft of building software and cover recent news on backend technologies. If you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and rate it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. With that said, let's get on on the show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Guys, I have never, ever seen anything like this. This guy, Alex Berson, hacked into Apple and Microsoft and dozens of other companies with this trick. Might I say infamous, but beautiful. Never crossed my mind to that you can do something like that so elegantly, yet so mysterious he did obviously he followed the right security channel he's a security researcher he followed the right channel people know about this research but how about we jump into it and see how did he do that how did he infiltrate apple microsoft dozen of other companies how did he do that let's just jump into it because the trick here is you know this beautiful package management right we have this on ubuntu uh, python have pip uh, Node have NPM, uh, uh, Ruby have, you know, gems, whatever it's called, Ruby gems, I think. But but the package managers are very very popular, okay? Because uh, in the in the days of Windows, you have to download a DLL and reference it in your project to have a library, right? But these days, everything is on the internet. Just like hey, NPM. Install package, blah, all of a sudden this will be downloaded from an NPM repository, from a repository, right? So it's centralized, publicly available for you to grab. So convenient, the developer ergonomics, is that the right word? Ergonomics, the developer's ergonomics is, is very, there is a frictionless. People love this stuff. So what he said, look, look, just, just, just look what he did. Okay, I'm gonna go through. So, so we know this stuff, right? And we know the the links that we have. How how sticky packages get. Once you have to, you build, you want to build a, a project. There's a library that does X. You reference it in your project, and all of a sudden, now you become a library for other person to reference your library, which references the first person library. So, if there is a stinking bug in that original one, you just inherited. If there is a security vulnerability, you just inherited. It's just intertwined. And he explained this in this beautiful, beautiful diagram. Might I say, very beautiful, so good, so good of a diagram. But look at this, guys. The idea. So what did you have, Alex? What's, what was your idea, Alex? What did you do? 
While attempting to pack PayPal with me during the summer of 2020, Justin Gardner shared an interesting bit of Node.js source code found on GitHub. So it's sort of like a separate incident. He managed to talk a peek on GitHub package.json, which is the Node.js though. Look at this stuff. This is just an innocent package.json. But no, Alex will look at this and says, huh, that's a beautiful package.json. How can I use it? Express is a very popular database uh, package, right? Dust.js, I have no idea what the hell is that. Continuation local storage, probably something public that does that stuff. But look at that. He flagged these beautiful four PayPal packages. It's like, look at that. Oh, PayPal, off PayPal. I didn't remember seeing an auth PayPal public NPM package, so he looked it up, and guess what? It wasn't there. That means PayPal internally have an NPM registry that is private, and they hosted those beautiful four packages on their NPM. Hossein, what are you doing? What, 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 are, you, what are you getting into? <laughs> we'll get into it. We'll get into it. We'll get into it, guys. This is just fantastic. This is just fantastic. So he said, okay, those are private packages. Hmm. Here's what, uh, here's the, here are the questions that he asked himself. Look how genius Alex is. Alex, this is beautiful. This is a top highlight because this is, this is nuts. I have never seen anything like this before. And you might say, Hassan, you're, you're just over-exaggerating. Maybe, because I'm just baffled by this. Let's read. What happened if malicious code is uploaded to NPM under those names? A public NPM with those names uploaded publicly. Is it possible that some PayPal internal project will start defaulting to the new public packages instead of private ones? He asks himself, well... We have no idea how NPM prioritize stuff. Does it look publicly first and then go private? Or does it look privately and then go public? God knows. Who knows, right? So he said, okay. And then the other question, will developers or even automated systems start running the code inside the libraries? Hmm. That's a very good question. Uh, if it works, we, we get a bug bounty out of it. Well, we'll find out what. Because he was like thinking about just that, right? Would this attack work? And guess what, guys? It actually did. So here's what he did. He just created an NPM package that's called PP Logger. PP. That's a funny name. PP. PP Logger and Auth PayPal. And then he put the malicious code into them. And you might say, Hussein, all right, what, what is he going to put in there? No. <laughs> if you thought he's gonna put some some stupid virus or some something that phones home into a C2 command and conquer, I keep saying command conquer, command control. I, I played a lot of Uriah's Revenge and Red Alert, so mind me if I keep saying command and conquer. So so he's gonna put like he can contact command and conquer command uh, command control some IP addresses in order to make this a zombie machine. No, that won't work. Why? Because this is we're getting into Apple and 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 Microsoft and other packages, right? The people who's going to start downloading this stuff, they're going to be behind nasty harsh firewall systems that burn anything that resembles uh shady. Anything that looks shady is going to be 
If you're going to make a post request to some attacker.com website to pull some information, no, Microsoft's going to block you. They only allow certain domain to inbound, is it outbound? Outbound, right? Going from inside, outside. The only certain thing, the file is going to burn everything to the ashes. He put something completely different. So his trick worked, guys. He got, he got a lot of installs from a lot of companies. Because guess what? PayPal, a lot of people started using PayPal this as, as an internal method, apparently, right? So he got some people from Apple, uh, Microsoft, and other companies. But how? What did he put in the script? Assuming this innocent thing that's called it's always DNS. Before before we jump into the DNS, guys, this is this this is something called a pre-install. And I made I have no idea how many videos I made shady npm packages that people just install that have been there for three weeks right and and uh, npm is is literally a cesspool of all this garbage malicious scripts you, you can literally go in there and and do an uh, 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 an rm-rf dot and push it into an npm registry and and they will allow you to do that it's it's yes it's it's a mess out there it's the security to ramp up this needs a lot of work. It's, it's a mess out there. So, and you can do this pre-install script where it will essentially, once you install that package, it will run it immediately, which is even more disastrous. So there's, there's a trick where you can install stuff without installing the pre-install uh, script so you can run it manually. But that's outside the scope of this video. But look, what did Alex do? What script, what malicious, nasty script did you do to, to copy? He managed to steal the host names, usernames, um, I believe IP address and some other information. He just chose these three information. He could have done way more. But look, and the path, the current path as well. How did he do it? You cannot just send this information to a post request to some some outside and uh, site because that that's gonna be flagged immediately. He snuck them into DNS. Let me say what? What are you talking about? You cannot carry data in DNS. <laughs> yeah, you cannot. But look what he did. Look what he did. Look what he. Hope you, you can see this picture without my stupid face right here. Look at that. I'm going to zoom in right here. You can see it. Internet. This is the internet talk. This is the firewall. So DNS regular traffic usually will get blocked if, if it's to something that it shouldn't go, right? Firewall immediately will flag this stuff. You can, you can might sneak in one or two, but the third one is going to be blocked. But DNS are totally fine. So what he said, okay, I'm going to host a DNS server on hostname attacker.com. So I'm gonna host a DNS entry. So I'm gonna build a custom DNS server that is hosting this particular name, attacker.com, right? That's just a domain. I say, well, it's like, what's the big deal with this? Yeah, so you can go with GoDaddy or Enum or anything to do your hosting, right? But for for root resolutions, you can point to a custom domain name to any query that is asking for attacker.com or 
something.attacker.com always have to phone you as the authoritative DNS server. That's how DNS works. You always ask up and up and up and up until it finds the final server to answer its question. Okay, so that's how DNS. That's that's how .com, right? It's like uh, Google.com. You have to. Uh, it goes to a lot of layers of DNS until it reaches the .com itself, right? And uh, uh, I, I'm going to reference a video that I did. Uh, Chrome had a bug for years where in the Omni box, when you type something, it was essentially always querying the DNS on the search term. So essentially, it was always hitting the root servers, which are which was terrible, right? <laughs> the, the, all the flood from these millions of Chrome, anything that you type eventually is hitting the root servers, thinking as it's at a domain. All right. This is not our topic. But what he did is like, okay, I'm going to make my application harmless. All I'm going to do is take the name of the machine that I'm, I'm, I'm installed in, take the host name, and do a dot .attacker.com, and do a DNS query on this one. That's it. And I'm going to take the username, and then do a dot .attacker.com, and then ask a query. And then I'm going to take the, you, uh, the, take the path, and then insert it into the attacker.com. So what, what, would that, what does that do? This, obviously, it's a domain, so the DNS resolver internally is going to ask, hey, do I have a cache of bobpc.attacker.com? Well, I don't, right? So I don't know the IP address, so I'm going to ask an external uh, uh, DNS provider. So Firewall says, oh, that's a, that's a legitimate safe DNS query. Let me pass it in, sir. You can go. As <laughs> you go, eventually it's going to ask a lot of DNS resolvers. None of them know an answer because... Guess what? There's nothing called bobpc.attacker.com. Who is the authoritative server for attacker.com? That's you, the nasty custom DNS server. So you eventually is going to receive that request. And obviously you don't have the IP address. All we're going to do is you're going to log the fact that someone made a query to bobpc.attacker.com. That means there is a PC named Bob. There is a PC named Pop PC, and you save it. The next query, you can put a username there. You can you can put the path. You can put so much stuff, and the firewall is oblivious of this. I have even no idea how to block this thing. To be honest, this is genius. Let's read this stuff. To strike a balance between the ability to identify an organization based on the data. And the need to avoid collecting too much sensitive information, because uh, this guy is like he's he's researching. He's not he doesn't want to attack anybody. I settled only on logging the username, hostname, and current path of each unique installation, alongside with the unique external IP addresses. This was just enough data to help security team identify possibly vulnerable systems based on the reports, while avoiding having my testing be mistaken for an actual attack. Right, so he snuck this in. This is genius, guys, right? Look, look at all the stuff that he found. Yelp, apparently. He found something from Yelp. And uh, the results are really interesting. Guys, uh, look, look at that stuff. I think we can share this. Apple Engineering. Oh, this is his custom DNS. He, he essentially packaged this nicely, right? So IDMS, uh, PMRPC. He got the IP address. He got the organization he got all of that stuff right 
And uh, the, the genius part of all this, because you're making a DNS query, you, the DNS query also have the source IP address, right? So you have more information about where this came from. Alongside the inside of the query itself, what do you put there, right? And it's genius. And I don't know how did he get the current path. Did he just shove it into the... Uh, did he hash it? Did he hash it and uh, encrypt it into... Uh, the the subdomain and then sh shifted there i don't know maybe that that's possible definitely but that that's a that's a very fantastic uh, I've, i'm i don't know i'm blown away maybe i'm i'm uh, of exaggerating guys but what do you think about this attack guys let me know in the comment section below i'm gonna see you in the next one you guys stay awesome goodbye yo